Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to the podcast. It is just me today. I am going to be talking about the slow route to birth attending and probably some other stuff. Before I get started, let's see for an update here what feels important. There are so many things lately. (laughs) There are so many things. And as my loyal podcast listeners, I feel like I usually share so much of my life, even when it's not related to birth. And there are just so many things, so many great things happening. Hmm. Well, lots of magic here in Hawaii. Just really floored all of the time by meeting such beautiful people. I met this just beautiful human yesterday on the beach, a native Hawaiian man, and we really hit it off. We talked for a long time. It was a really just serendipitous meeting, and he had so much wisdom to share about all kinds of things, uh, from being here in Hawaii, from his native perspective, and thoughts about some other things like racism and just the absolute magic of this land. Ultimately, it was a very special conversation, uh, so much so (laughs) that I think I made myself some notes after because he said such profound things that, of course, I felt like were meant for me. And I really enjoyed the conversation. It really made me remember and truly believe that we are here for a reason. We all are here for a reason. We're all exactly where we should be. And it just gave me more positive confidence, I guess I'll say, that nothing in life is an accident. And even being here so far away from what we thought was home, you know, all of our lives, uh, that's not necessarily the case. And meeting people like that, and it happens more than it's ever happened anywhere. In fact, it happened again today um, with another guy on my way to the beach. And um, these are just like really funny, very timely, random conversations that I seem to get myself into. And it's funny, I remind myself a lot of my dad in those moments, because my dad has always been uh, someone that walked a lot, right? He he still does, I think, walks around his neighborhood. And he just always meets people to talk with. And when I was younger, I found it so funny, and sometimes embarrassing, because, you know, I'd be out with him, and I'd be riding a bike or whatever, and he'd like, take this 15 minute pause to chat with a stranger. And now I kind of get it. Maybe it was seeing that all of those years. And having the intention here, especially that magic is being created all of the time. So, you know, I don't necessarily feel um, optimistic and positive every day of my life like anyone. But so often here I do. And when I head out in the morning, and I know I'm going to the beach, I really do have this attitude that like, 
anybody I meet is a gift. And I hope that I'm also giving to them, right? It's not just about taking or, you know, having that visit be important for me. I really do believe that it's probably important on both sides. And who knows why? Who knows why we make these random connections? And sometimes I think it is just to remind us of what spirit wants to remind us of in life. And it comes through a person and sometimes not a person that we have in our regular life. So that's been just a fun thing I've noticed. And I look forward to it every day. I say to myself, I wonder who I'm going to meet and like what my gifts will be today, what I will offer and what I'll receive today. And I'll tell you, it makes a huge difference in life. So even if you're not walking on the beach, uh, it's something available to all of us to try. And again, it's just really created the atmosphere that I want. I want to feel at home. I want to feel nourished and taken care of by this place, by this land. I respect being a new person here. um, But, you know, my own internal state doesn't really want to feel new and lonely and all of that that can come with being in a brand new place. So, right, I've decided that I really want to feel at home for as long as we're here, which, you know, could be short, could be long, don't really know. But in the meantime, there's no reason that it can't feel like home. And home is something that we create within us and isn't always about the home we live in or the town we live in. So there, five minutes of uplifting Hawaii news for you. Um... On a strangely different front, I adore music, as many of you know. I was a musician. I was a classical musician, but I really just love music. I love good music, and I love great lyrics, and I wanted to share with you an artist that is new to me and is probably not new to many of you, so you can fast forward this part if need be, um, because this album, at least, is from 2016, so it's not new. But the artist's name is Fia, F as in Frank, I-A. And I don't know where she's from. I'm going to look into her a little bit more later. But she has just a really gorgeous voice. And the album is called Made of Stars. And it is so gorgeous, you guys. I can't stop listening to it. I absolutely can't. And I love when I find just some really resonant, um, it's not just the music, right? It's not just the tone or the the resonance, although that is certainly part of it because it's gorgeous and she's very gifted. It's also her voice and the lyrics. I really have shifted over the years uh, around what I want to put into my ears um, as far as music goes. So, you know, my kids, like many kids, love to turn on the radio in the car I'm not the biggest fan, honestly. I feel like I can be very intentional about what I listen to and the lyrics make the biggest difference in your life. So that's another thing to play with. I certainly have over the years, even with music that I used to really like. Maybe it's stuff from high school. Maybe it's stuff from college. Uh, Just noticing, right? Like what the theme is. Is it sort of more somber or depressing? Not that that's bad. It's just if I don't want to feel that way, then I generally try to not listen to that kind of music. And I found uh, Fia so uplifting and conscious and just really raw and gorgeous. So I was going to read a couple of her lyrics and I won't go on too long because really it just is an album that belongs 
on your whatever computer phone. Uh, this is something I feel like you need to listen to if you're hearing this podcast. And she is new to you like she was to me. So it's called Made of Stars. And this song that I found the lyrics for right now is called Leaving It All Behind. And I'll just give you a little bit because really uh, it's sort of maybe sacrilegious in a way to just read the words because her music's so beautiful. But I'm back in the place where I was born, but I don't feel home anymore. My wandering feet are taking me to places where spirits soar. So I'm leaving, leaving it all behind, anything that's weighing me down, and I give zero fucks about what they think and how I should live my life. Because the things prescribed for me by society, I ain't taken no more. I'm carving a path that will suit the genius I am, and I know that I am part of an evolution, a raising of consciousness, and I choose to come down at this time to shine my blinding, beautiful light. It's the greatest blessing, the biggest curse, being one of those who is walking first, leading the way, creating space for the new world that we will birth. So you can pause, go listen to Fia. Come back, you will feel amazing, probably, if you like the same kind of music I do. All right. uh, I don't know how that snuck in there necessarily, other than it just really touched me. So I wanted to share that all with you today. Before I get on to this talk about slow, slow moving towards birth attending. And you'll notice I'm not even saying midwifery right now. I feel like I am slowly (laughs) detaching from this word midwifery from midwife. Um, And I've done it before. Many of you have been around for that, but it just feels like another round of refinement and intention. And I realized in talking about this that it doesn't actually matter what you call yourself. Taking this slow route to learning, to soaking in, feels really important right now. I was reading an astrological update for today that I'm not going to pull up, but it seemed like that was also the theme right now. So maybe I'm feeling it because it's coming from the stars as well. But this idea of slowing down, and of course, here we are, uh, I don't know when this will be released, but probably before winter solstice here in this hemisphere. So if that's you, if you're uh, headed towards winter solstice with me, even if you're not, it's happening and the energy is slowing down. So maybe that's why this is feeling like a really good time to talk about this. I'll start with a post I wrote, as I often do, to just sort of give me my foundation for speaking. And then I will riff on that a little bit and probably try to go off more in the direction of slow, which admittedly, this post doesn't completely go into. You'll hear it in a moment. So as I'm bringing this up, I wrote this post this week for Indie Birth over on Instagram because it was just another way to respond to this idea that, well, and there are a couple of topics here, so I'll break them down. But one idea definitely is like anybody can go to births. Anybody can be a birth attendant nowadays. And I think that's mostly true. I think that's definitely happening. 
And you'll hear in the post that I address that, but I actually don't want to necessarily talk about that the whole time. Because I don't think those people, whoever they are, are probably even the ones listening. I think there definitely are women out there because I've seen them in my own life. They've actually been some of my students. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen this arrogance and this idea that because birth is physiological, because we respect the process, we don't need anything else, right? We can just be there and that's it. Obviously, I don't think that's true, but I don't want to spend hours on that one again, because I think if that's where someone's truly coming from, like if they're not open to listening to my thoughts or anybody else's thoughts, then I'd say that's purely ego mostly. And they're just going to do what they're going to do. Like I'm not in control of that or anyone. And that isn't the majority for sure. Although it does crop up in our own indie birth midwifery school from time to time, the same idea This idea that just because you're taking classes and people ask you to go to their births, perhaps, that doesn't mean you're ready. It doesn't mean you can't, because clearly people do. So for me to say they shouldn't or can't is sort of irrelevant, because if they are, then I guess they're supposed to be doing that. But to say that that is deep in experience and wisdom definitely is rarely true. Okay, I'm going to read the post and then I'll see where I want to go with it. Going to some births does not an apprenticeship make. Going to some births does not make you a birth attendant. Having your own baby does not make you a birth attendant. Having seen some births makes you a woman lucky enough to have been witness. Luckily, most women and babies will birth without a need for any of us there. But to be arrogant enough to think this means you should hang a shingle as whatever, midwife, unlicensed midwife, birthkeeper, birth angel, etc., baffles me still. We may be on the brink of a new earth. I'm open to the shifts and changes and the way someone claims these roles for themselves. But I see so much ego in it still and a lack of understanding and maturity and nuance for so many. Going to some births doesn't mean you have the capacity, intuition, or skills to be with a woman in all the colors and levels. Just because you have worked with women in some other capacity also does not magically make you a birth attendant. Actually, most of the skill and nuance and transformation happen in the pregnancy, and I see so often women who think they are ready, but actually have no experience in relationship and no wisdom around true continuity of care. Attending births is not just catching babies. Also arrogant, since babies don't need catching. Learning to fully attend a woman means you, ideally, spend a lot of time and presence amongst women in the capacities of pregnancy, postpartum, and maybe even preconception. Sitting at her feet and also doing your own studying, investigation, inner work, shadow work, etc. will teach you so much, probably more than a whole slew of births that just happen will teach you. And of course, following around a wise woman to learn from is still the way this work is passed down through our lineage of wisdom keepers. Unless you can sit with women in all the uncomfortableness of the things that come before and after birth, you have not done an authentic apprenticeship. Doesn't mean there isn't room for lots of clinical hands-on training as a piece, but even intense clinical training and skills does does not teach with women care and relating. Attending birth as a way of determining readiness is only a small piece of the puzzle. 
Without this piece of slow and steady day in and day out, knowing a woman and her family from start to finish, you are not getting authentic training. So many have missed this that I have met and the truth is their arrogance ends up burning them up and out. How can you embrace the slow culture of apprenticeship and deep relationships in your own calling to birth? That's the post. Lots of different things in there. Before I get into the bulk, which will be the, slow, the slowness, excuse me. Just touching back on what I've already said, which is birth is like the icing on the cake in a way. We've been trained, all of us, even midwives, I think, like just collectively trained that the birth is the most important part. And that's true and untrue. The birth is exciting. The birth is where the baby comes out, right? Like there are great reasons to be focused on a birth. But as someone that wants to attend births, there seems to be, as I've explained, a lack of depth around the entire package of support that I think represents authentic service. Now, that's me. That's my definition. Maybe there are people out there that don't believe that or don't understand that. Maybe there are women that really are in a place where just having someone there at the birth is enough for them. And that could be fulfilling. I think there's also a possibility that women don't quite know what's possible. They don't quite know the support that they could have, right? They might feel kind of like desperate or like, oh, I just need someone there. I don't even care if they know anything. I don't even want prenatal care. Like I've heard that a ton over the years, even amongst uh, educated women. So again, we have this focus that the birth is everything and an overeager woman might not know that, right? Not have the education or again, it might be that it's very egoic and there's this idea of not wanting to put in the time and effort because some people don't think you have to. And again, I don't know how much to really comment on those folks because they're probably not listening to this and also it starts to get a little confusing or at least more intricate because I'm also not of course anybody that knows me rallying on the other side for papers and check marks and licenses and certifications and regulation So I think this is a topic that has so much nuance because once again, we're in that very black and white dichotomy of beliefs. So, you know, we have the black side that's like, oh, well, that's why. That's why all midwives should be regulated. That way we don't have these people out there, you know, that have no experience and have never done an apprenticeship. I personally have no interest in any of that. I don't believe it's my job to police anyone even though I know there are women out there, I've had my own students do it, and I don't necessarily agree. But it's not my job to change what they're doing. It's not my job to interfere uh, or, you know, get political about it. That to me is off the table. So I would never report anybody. I would never get in the way of that. 
even though there is an issue of transparency, though. Um, I think the best way to possibly deal with that in a community where people are concerned is to educate women better, to remind women to ask great questions. Everybody is going to get what they need. So again, I am not favoring this, um, let's police each other. That is not the answer to this question for me. And then of course, on the other side of the coin, we have this newer identity of birth keeper or whatever you want to call it, whoever that thinks that, you know, having your own baby is enough for you to go out and support women. Uh, There are countless, countless Instagram accounts and women on the internet who are doing just that. And bless them. I don't, I don't know what to say, because they're probably not the kind that are truly interested in apprenticeship. That's probably because they've been taught midwifery is a bad word. And they don't think that any kind of medical knowledge or, you know, clinical care is part of what they want to offer. So there's lots of confusing factors here. All I can do from my perspective is set my own intention in speaking further about this. And I'll be very clear. My intention is to help create more women around the world that are thoroughly educated, knowledgeable, intuitive, and skilled, no matter what they should choose to call themselves, in the service of the woman and family. So call yourself whatever you want, but that is my intention. So if you're one of those women, then that's who this is for. And I don't need to keep going on about the other ways this can look. If you're someone that does want to walk with women, if you do want to attend births, then I really want to talk to you about the nuance around walking this path and this perspective of taking care taking care of yourself, taking care of women, and being around for the lessons the universe wants to give you when you take the slow route, when you're not in a rush, when it's not just about checking boxes and counting up births. It can also be about those things, I suppose, Um, It can also be about, you know, wanting a certain level of experience. But what if we just tried to forget all of that for a moment? What if you, as someone that wants to support women, attend births, and have the skills and knowledge to really do that? And I don't mean just showing up at a birth and watching a baby fall out. Anybody can do that. And you know what? That's the beautiful thing about birth is that most of the time, we don't need any skill, we don't need anything, we need our presence. And if someone has a solid grounded presence, which is a whole other topic, then they can be just the right person to sit in that space for that baby for that birth. However, if you go on attending births long enough, you will surely learn that there are exceptions to every rule. And so if you're someone that wants to be ready for the exceptions, if you're someone that wants, again, to relish the beauty and and the richness of walking alongside a pregnancy and really listening and really getting to know this woman, then it can't be rushed. 
it just can't be rushed. It just absolutely cannot. I don't know any other way around it. So I've spoken in the blog post here or Instagram post rather about other important factors, right? I mentioned clinical skills. It doesn't mean that those maybe can't be learned in a more quick manner. I think that's partly true. There are only so many skills. There are only so many skills, no matter what you call yourself. If you were needed or asked to help or, or you know, there was an emergency or a complication, there's only so many skills. So um, how to learn those might take a different form. Margot, as many of you know, did spend a couple of weeks at a busy birth center and her intention was to get more hands-on skills. Her intention was not to learn continuity of care or relationships. She knew that wasn't the place for it. And she and I had had many years of that together. So again, it's not that there aren't pieces that we work in based on what we want or need, but I still come back to the most important skill is relationship. And it's because that's the skill that has longevity. So again, you're somebody that wants to attend births one day, or maybe you're at the beginning of your journey. Why would you put in all of this effort to be a flash in the pan? And again, I've seen this in my own students. So I talk from experience. I can think of a couple of students now who literally Uh, ran out of the baby midwife gate with no experience and very little wisdom and crashed and burned. So if that's your goal, then you can just haphazardly go for it and think, we'll see what happens. But again, if your goal is to do this for the long haul, and maybe that's even more than attending births, like that's certainly not all I do. And even if your goal is to attend births, you might find yourself doing different things in this same field. But in any case, if your goal is to stick around and make a life of this work, then I really believe the slow way is a way to consider. At the end of it, only you can know. So it is another great opportunity. I seem to find them everywhere nowadays for somatics, for feeling in the body. If you're able to access this scenario, then go for it. And you might even want to take some time by stopping the podcast. But if you're able to access the feeling of rushing, rushing through an apprenticeship, maybe skipping an apprenticeship, right? And that's a whole other topic. Um, You don't have time for that you're too busy, apprenticeships are too hard, you'd have to move, they don't pay. Um, Yeah, that's an apprenticeship. How does it feel to imagine skipping over so many important building blocks, even if they come with their own challenges? How does it feel to skip ahead and imagine yourself sitting with a woman and not having any idea of what's next or how to act or how to respond or how to react. Um, And that happens anyway in life. Of course, we don't always know. But when we skip these building blocks of watching, learning, being, soaking in, 
we don't have a lot to grab from, right? We only have our mind. We don't have like a lived experience that being with a woman walking alongside of her and perhaps a wise mentor or elder can teach us. So that's a frantic feeling to me in my body. If I maybe imagine another like field of interest, obviously for me, it's not birth. Um, But what if I imagine, you know, another profession and I imagine just like taking shortcuts, just doing the bare minimum, not really learning it, not really absorbing it, but just like getting right to it. Um, I feel incredibly scattered in my body. And that's me. Again, not everybody is the same. I have always been one to err on the side of taking more time, honestly. Um, I'd say I'm somebody that's not terribly patient in life. So I might not be the most patient person with my kids, for example. But when something um, feels like a really expansive field of knowledge, like somatics is a great example. Like I'm still just very much learning that. I don't have a lot of, you know, clinical practice. I'm not a psychologist. Like there's a lot of ways that I'm incorporating it, as you can tell, um, but it'll be a while before I'm like fully like, hello, I can do this thing, right? I can offer this thing. It's the same idea, And because I can relate in that way, the feeling of rushing feels really superficial to me. I feel it in my body as like a very um, upper body sensation, kind of like tingly and just not grounded. So no one has to feel the same way. You're going to have your own feelings. My suggestion is to simply sit with this faster way of doing things. Um, Or, you know, even just the inclination you might have to get this over with. I think that's real. That's a real thing. Many of us feel it. Many of us have felt it in apprenticeships. It took me five years to do my apprenticeships. I definitely felt it, you guys. It's not that I was so patient and wanted to be slow. So if that's you, perhaps as a student, It's a great opportunity to sit with this like driving ahead energy that we can sometimes hold and just listen to it. Again, you can turn off the podcast, take some time. What does it feel like? What does it remind you of, right? Um, For me, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when I was a kid in school. And I was a very, like, smart student. But I also was in a real hurry. I didn't really want to spend the time. Most of the schoolwork was relatively easy for me. So I got in this bad habit of rushing. I just wanted to get it done. And I remember one day, actually, I don't remember how young I was, but the teacher, maybe in a parent-teacher conference or something like that, did actually say to my mother, you know, Maren's really smart, blah, 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 but um, she rushes and sometimes she makes mistakes. And I think that's so fascinating, actually, to reflect back on. Uh, So I've had to learn. I'm sure you've had to learn. When has rushing ever served you? 
you know, does it feel good? Um, what stories do you have where maybe not taking your time really shortchanged you of a deeper experience? I think they're very important feelings to sit with. And again, I think many of you listening already know that an apprenticeship is important. I don't think I'm talking to a ton of women out there that decided to skip over that. I don't think those are generally the listeners of my podcast. So if you're anticipating an apprenticeship or you're in one and it's really slow and annoying and, you know, all of that, um, this is a great opportunity to just be with that and acknowledge that in your body. And again, also have that be okay. You can feel that way. Do you need to act on it? That's the next question, right? When do we act on those things? And usually, well, I can't say usually, I'd say for me, when I've acted on them, it's a lack of appreciation for the present. So let's talk about the slow route to birth attending and how a chief principle of that would obviously be that you're in the moment of each experience right? It's a totally different energy. So I haven't asked you to feel the other in your body yet. The other meaning the slow approach, but maybe now's a great time. What does it feel like to arrive in your body right now? Uh, In this moment, right? We're not yesterday, we're not tomorrow. What does it feel like to focus on what you hear? In this moment, maybe you'll turn this off. Um, What do we see in front of us? Where are we? And when we're really slow, every moment has a teaching. We might not like that. We might not even know what to do with that. Being present can be really difficult for people. I mean, self-included, there are times when you just kind of don't want to be alone with yourself. You don't want to be present. But the slow route to doing anything would mean that you're actually feeling the moments and you're actually taking them in. The good news is, as you're on this walk with women, these moments aren't boring. They're really not. And I really appreciate that about my apprenticeship. I really do. I would sit at a woman's house for three hours at a time, you guys, really. And I don't necessarily do prenatals that long myself, unless it's an unusual situation. But the woman I worked with did. And it was a real test for my own patients. I found myself getting just fidgety. Or, you know, looking at my watch sort of without anyone noticing, like, how long is this going to go on? I have things to do. And the truth is, that's real, Uh, especially as the apprentice. It wasn't my appointment. It wasn't sort of my life I was living. And I think that's where this ego idea as well comes from. Like, I don't want to apprentice. There's no one near me. There's no one near me. There's no one near me I like. There's no one near me. And I don't really want to put in the time, if I'm being honest, because I don't really want to live someone else's life. Also honest, but being 
with women, being with, again, an elder, a wise woman who is facilitating this relationship is not something you want to miss, I don't think. And I'm so glad that I did take the time, that I wasn't in a rush every moment, and that I had these experiences to reflect back on. Because, of course, now, as someone in that other role, uh, not the student, I can feel into what was happening there. Even if I look back in time, I feel now what was happening during those really long prenatals. I wasn't crucial to the appointment. I wasn't even a part of the conversation 98% of the time. But I see now what was happening and what was being woven and how the woman and this midwife were making connections and how the midwife was doing that in her home space and with her children and with her husband. I mean, really, it's genius. And, you know, that's not something I walk around saying to my own students. Um, Hey, you're going to sit with a genius today. Come with me to some prenatals. Because I don't mean that from an ego space. But again, reflecting back on what I saw, I can say that is true of someone that is seasoned and experienced. That it looks like they are doing nothing. (laughs) And that's been another thing with students, most of them anyway. Um, Oh, I can do that. You know, you're just sitting there. You're just holding space. You're just listening. I can listen. I've coached women before. I've had conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But not in this way. Not in this birth space. Not in someone's pregnancy. Because if you had, then you wouldn't be having this conversation, right? You'd be doing it on your own. There are just some things that can't be learned quickly. There are just some things that can't be taken in quickly if we want them to last and if we want to understand them deeply. And again, maybe that's years later. Maybe years later, you're like, oh, God, now I understand why, why someone would take five years to do an apprenticeship. I understand that now. So that's the invitation, um, really, is to feel into what your intention is. How long do you want to do this work? On what level do you want to do this work? And again, those are personal questions. There are plenty of people out there who took the short route, who, you know, I don't even know anymore where people go for that, to be honest. But back in the day, uh, you know, women would go down to Mexico or, or wherever, a busy clinic and just knock out the paperwork, knock out the numbers and come home a midwife. Dear God, I thought that was crazy years ago, and I still do. Although, again, you know, that might be a starting point for various people. I still, I still (laughs) uh, will be in the place where that doesn't teach you a lot of important things. It doesn't mean it teaches you nothing. It doesn't mean you couldn't hang a shingle. I mean, God, I guess if you have a license after that point, you can. Obviously, you can. And then maybe you'll go on to learn, right? You'll go on to apprentice. Who says you can't apprentice after you have a license, right? Who says you can't do things a different way? It's not really um, that there is only one way. It's that the long route happens at one point or another. So whether that happens as somebody's always wor- already working as a birth attendant is up to them. That's totally not for me to say. But I will say I think it is uh, more stable feeling. And again, back to that word of longevity. 
do you want to burn out, right? Do you want to just be scared shitless because you did it the fast way and now you're in over your head? And I have so many stories of those women too. And the truth is, like I said, most of them quit midwifery. So that's perfect in its own way. Maybe they were never meant to do it. I have no idea. But for people that feel like they are meant to do it, it is just a very long encouragement here to um, take your time and to sit with your feelings of impatience. It's not that we wish those away. It's not that we never feel them. It's not that we don't feel frustrated and out of options, um, but coming back to your intention and the feeling of really sitting with women and how you are in that. Because if we're really present, every woman, every prenatal, every everything has something to teach us. And I really feel grateful that I see things that way. Um, I don't know that I always did, to be honest. I think I was definitely a cockier midwife years ago. And it felt it felt simpler in a sense, because that's sort of the midwifery I had learned in a lot of ways, not always, as I shared. But in some ways, it was like, oh, you go and you have this conversation and you do the clinical care and done. And, you know, that worked while it worked. I'm sure that was fine with the women I served at the time. But the older I get, the longer I do this, the more I see that I don't know. And that is a really humbling thing that I think all of us could afford to sit with. Unfortunately, or maybe it's fortunate for some, I think newer students or even um, students that haven't even like gotten down the path yet, but maybe they've worked with women in some other way, really do not understand that. And again, I don't, I don't understand exactly where that comes from this idea of like, well, I know it already. I've done this. I've sat with women, you know, whatever the excuse is, I don't need that. I don't need an apprenticeship. Um, Babies fall out like whatever lies people tell themselves to not be open and humble and curious. (sighs) Man, that's a rant. But I think a good one and an important one. And again, from my perspective of helping create more birth attendance, it feels really important that I say this and be clear that there isn't one way. Um, an apprenticeship, you know, may not be the way for one woman out of 100. But I still think for most of us, the way to go is having someone more experienced lead you, hold your hand and lead you down the path. And I've said for years, again, it might just be personality, but I don't understand the jumping in without that. I don't understand how that happens. (laughs) Um, Like I said, it's like me deciding to, I don't know, build houses or something. I mean, I could read a book about it, but that sounds horrifying to imagine that I could do that, even if I had seen other people do it before me. It just doesn't resonate with me. I want to feel it. I want to be in it. I think the visceral experience, again, of sitting with a woman is really profound. And if you're not finding it profound, I honor that as well. Um, again, I think there are you know, many people out there uh, working in a way that that's not necessarily true. That's okay. Uh, clinic visits or whatever probably are not profound in some ways, and maybe they are. But I think it's also our attitude, right? Are we really tuned in 
uh, as a student, can you really tune into the energy of what's happening? Can you be curious? There's that word again. I've said it twice now. I've really honed in on that word being important for me as someone that mentors or precepts or whatever word you want to use. I don't need someone that thinks they know it all. I don't need someone as a student that even has a lot of experience. The most important quality to me at this moment is that someone is curious. So if you're not feeling like you're getting what's happening, if you're a student when you're in a prenatal or a postpartum, or if you're feeling like this doesn't seem very complicated, um, it's a great conversation to have with the woman that is your mentor or your elder or your more experienced person. It's a great time to bring it up and say, um, I'd love to learn more about this or that. Or, you know, do you know more about that client's history or whatever? But it takes time to be curious, right? When we are not curious, we are usually in a rush. We don't need to know. We don't want to know. We're just, again, going through the motions. But I'll reverse it, I suppose. To be curious takes time. To be curious takes time because you can't always even know what the answer is, if there is one, in that moment. And I think birth is the most beautiful example of unfolding wisdom from the woman herself. So even if we are curious, and I'm curious all the time, honest, as much as I can be, like, I wonder what's behind that for her. Hmm. Hmm. So she has this going on, or she said this today, or this is bothering her, this is hurting her. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder what that means. Um, I don't know. I don't have it all worked out. Uh, The people that do, good for you, but let it unfold. Let it happen. Be curious and then see what happens or see how you can support or see what she says next. I mean, it's not all wrapped up in one visit. And that, again, sort of takes us full circle back to this idea of birth. It is not just about the birth. It is not just about the birth. And if you're curious and you're open to learning as a student, as a midwife, as anyone on this path, you're going to see the lessons and the wisdom come in over time. That is just the way the universe works. All right, everybody. I think that about does it for me. I don't think I have anything else to really say about that, but I would love to hear your thoughts about the slow route to birth attending, how that feels for you, um, maybe what that means for you, maybe that changes your perspective, maybe that changes your plans, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. I'd also love to hear about your apprenticeship questions or experiences, maybe that's for another podcast, Uh, but Again, I think we are moving into a new paradigm for sure. And for the naysayers of apprenticeship, as I sort of hinted at before, um, oh, that's too hard, that's too long, I don't want to move, apprenticeship is abusive, all the excuses essentially I think people have for not putting in the time. Uh, There is something to be said about the old paradigm of apprenticeship. I think um, truthfully, there definitely is strange dynamics amongst some midwives and students, you know, I think it can be um, abusive at worst. But I don't think that is the biggest vision here. (laughs) So if you're somebody that has thought that, and that's why you've skipped over the apprenticeship, 
I beg you to consider opening your heart to the possibility of learning and being curious in coming to you in a different way, perhaps. So not in an apprenticeship that feels the negative way and isn't in a way that isn't aligned, but truly believing and feeling that to learn the slow route of wisdom and experience can be done in a respectful manner. It can be done on both sides as the one that's teaching, as the one that is learning. And truly, you know, we're all teaching, we're all learning. But in that scenario, yes, there usually is a someone that is leading. I think we can have respect for that while still maintaining our own identity, while maintaining our own autonomy. We don't have to be doormats. You know, we don't have to be in these gross relationships with other women if that doesn't feel right. Uh, there is a whole world available to us that we're able to create. And I am really happy to be in that. And I think co-creating wherever I can relationships that feel better so that students can learn, so that I can feel supported, that we can all get what we need. Um, So I'll leave that for another day. But those are some closing thoughts. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a beautiful week, beautiful holidays as they start to appear on the calendar and just a beautiful rest of your 2023. Lots of love. 